Right. So tonight I wanted to speak about something that I just think is so awesome, um, so simple, so practical, and it, yet it's the most important thing in our lives, and that's hearing God. Um, how to actually hear God. How many of you have ever heard someone preach on how to hear God? Not many people, right? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that we preach on so many things, but we don't actually talk about how to hear God? So often you've got guys that are going like, yeah, just connect with God, lean in with God, and everything will be sorted. And you're like, sweet, how? How do I hear God? How do I speak to God? And so we've been doing a series called Rooted, um, where we've been talking about what it means to be rooted in God, what it means to have relationship with the Lord, what it means to abide in Him. We've been stuck in John 15, saying, apart from Him, we can do nothing, which is a huge statement. And it's like, I think in our human brains, we're so intelligent, yet so intelligently stupid, that we think we can actually do stuff of meaning without Jesus. It's incredible. Like, I don't know why we got to that place, but we did. And the reality is John 15 is so clear that we're called to just abide in Him. And what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is that abiding in Him means you're not focusing on trying to produce fruit. You're just enjoying being connected to the vine. It's your one focus. It's your one desire. And from that place of intimacy, God begins to demonstrate the fruits of His nature through your life. So He gives you all the nutrients you need. He gives you everything you need to grow. And you begin to produce fruit that people can pick and taste and the seed gets planted in them and they realize they were born for the same thing, right? We've been talking about that. We've been unpacking that. It's been awesome. If you haven't had the chance to listen to those things, we do have like a podcast or playlist on SoundCloud that you can go listen to. Um, it's on the group. Otherwise, just go speak to Luke. He can give you the link. Um, so I'd encourage you to go back and to chew on that stuff. Anytime that we, we, we share or we... we go through stuff together, I want to encourage you to sit on that stuff, to chew it, to really go through it every day, not just to listen to it, make, you know, it feels good, feels, oh, yay, Jesus, and then we go back to the way we live. No, you've got to sit and chew on that stuff and say, okay, God, let this become a seed, a, a good seed in, this, in the soil of my life that's good soil so that I can grow and learn to hear your voice. So are you guys ready to dive in? So we're going to be, a, we're going to be quite practical, but we also are going to just enjoy the simplicity of the gospel, if that's okay. So I kind of just sat down and started to think about just the different ways that God speaks to us and started to look through Scripture and just discover just the ways that He speaks to us and the way that He spoke to guys in the Bible, the way that He's speaking to us now. And I think the most important thing to understand, and it's a question that I'm going to throw out there, is it's the foundation to everything else. I've got six things, six different ways that God speaks to us. But the first one is like the most important. If you miss the first one, none of the others actually happen. This is what's so vital. So if you don't have the first one, the other ones don't really work very well. You'll find you get confused a lot. You're not sure if it is God, isn't God. How many people have ever had that where you feel like something comes in and speaks to you and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if that is God, I'm not sure if that's just me, if that's just something else, another voice. It feels like you're trying to decide if this is God or not. How many of you have ever experienced that? Everyone in the room, right? So a lot of the time that's because we haven't got step one or the first point um, right in our lives. We haven't got it functioning. We haven't got that happening. And so we're not really familiar with his whisper. Okay. So that's what, we, what we're going to unpack and talk about. But I want to ask you this question. How many of you read your Bible as if it's God speaking directly to you? <laughs> that's like, bro, that's my life. Yeah. But think about this for a second. We get so used to reading that often we treat this thing like a manual, which it isn't. And, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it like that. It's a manual. It's God's manual. It's not a manual. It's His, it's his voice. It's His Word. It's alive and active. Every scripture in here is God-breathed. So when you read your Bible, if you start by reading it as like, maybe God's suggesting to me that I should 
you know, do this and this or that he's saying. That. It's not suggestive. It's his voice. It's what he's saying. So when you read this thing and you're actually going, um, he's speaking directly to me through the truth, which he, if you, I'd encourage you to go and do a study on how the Bible was put together. The Bible that we have right now that's put in our hands. If you go and study how this thing was put together, it is phenomenal. It is supernatural. Wars were fought over which books to be added to this. People died to have, to have this thing in our hands. And if you go and study history, it is impossible for it all to come together the way that it did without God. It's incredible. So, so we have this privilege of having truth, of having Scripture, of having the Word, of having the, the truth of God. Everything that He decided to put in the Bible, we've got that in our hands. We cannot read it just as a manual for information or suggesting something to me or maybe it makes me think about something. Because what we do now is we form opinions and then we look for Scriptures to back that. And then we wonder why we don't know God. Because we're actually building theologies on our own opinions and trying to take Scripture to back that rather than saying, actually, I need to find out who God is. Is this, is this good? It's foundational stuff, but it's so important, right? So when you read your Bible, don't go read your Bible as something that's suggestive. Don't go read it as a cool story. Don't go read it as a book that might help you in life. Read it as this is God speaking to me every single day. Whatever He wrote and put in this book is to reveal Himself to me, to make Himself known to me. Does that make sense? So this is a foundational truth. Every single day you live in the Word, you'll start to see that you become familiar with His voice. Isn't it funny that if I was to ask you this question, if you were standing face-to-face -face with God right now, would you negotiate with Him? Well, you wouldn't, right? You'd be on your face. You'd just be like, <laughs> you'd be on your face worshiping Jesus, just going, oh my word, you're incredible. Whatever you say goes, yes, right? Why don't we treat the Word the same way? Because that's what he's, he, I mean, this is, Jesus is, is the living word. <laughs> so Jesus is this in flesh. And he's given us this so that we can read it, so that this can become who we are, so that we can actually live it. So this is his voice. He's speaking to us through the word. It's the foundation of our lives. If we don't understand this, we won't understand any of the other forms or areas in, in the, the ways that he speaks. So why, if we wouldn't negotiate with God face to face, do we try and negotiate with the word? Why do we read the Word and try and take what we want to get out of it rather than reading it as it is and going, wow, God, you actually want to shape me and mold me. And it's a little uncomfortable sometimes because there's things in here that challenge the way that I live. And that's on purpose. That's because actually He's making you like Him. So I've got to make sure that I get in this thing and that I'm learning and that I'm growing. And so when I'm reading it, I'm not reading it just because I'm supposed to be doing it. It's a good thing to do as a Christian. I'm reading it because it's His voice. He's speaking to me. So when I take a book of the Bible, I'm going, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me in this book? Would you show me your character, your nature? Would you speak to me? And so now as I read every line, I'm saying, what are you saying to me, God? Teach me, shape me, mold me. He's speaking to you through the Word. Is this making sense? It's such a vital thing, but it's so important. See, this blows me away, but... I mean, he tells us to tremble at his word. He says, tremble at it. That, that's a reverence and a, and, a, and, a, and a deep awe about actually who Jesus is. I mean, and, and like I said, when you go and study how this thing was put together, you will tremble. Because why were wars fought over books? Why did people fight on what to put in here and what to leave out and all this kind of stuff? I mean, there are books in here that, that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of men did not want to be put in the Bible. And Oaks had to fight for it. And they, they gave the ultimate sacrifice. They gave their lives that we could have it. And then Jesus is talking about how this thing is living and active. And he's talking, I mean, in the Word, it talks about every scripture being God-breathed. This is powerful. 
This is his, his character. His, everything that we need to know about him is in this book. Everything. We've got to treat this thing with respect, but also with a hunger and a, and a desire to know him because he's speaking to us through this book, right? So we tremble at his word. I love, I'm going to quickly read Proverbs 2 to you. If you have your Bibles, you can jump to Proverbs 2. I thought this was so cool. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Listen to the words that are used here. If you treasure up my commandments with you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. There's something about seeking God and going after him and actually being hungry to find him that he loves. That's why he says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. That's why he says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Because when we go after him, when we pursue him, we realize that he's been pursuing us all along. That's why we have this in front of us. That he's been waiting for us just to turn our ear, just to to be hungry for him, to go after him, and then he wants to reveal himself to us. Does that make sense? I love the words. It It says, if you seek it like silver. He's talking about the wisdom of God. He's talking about understanding. He's talking about revelation. If you seek it as as silver, it's the most valuable thing that we can go after. It's like, Lord, I want nothing else but to know you. If we read our Bible with that kind of perspective, with that kind of hunger, he's going to reveal himself to us in ways that we've never had before. Let's jump to Romans 10, verse 17. Is this making sense? Everyone okay? Super practical, but it, it changes a lot of things in our life. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing. Stop there. So faith comes from hearing. So faith comes from what? Hearing. Hearing what? Hearing His voice, right? So faith comes from hearing God. And then guess what it says after that? How do we hear Him? Hearing through the Word. Yeah, it means Word. (laughs) It does. It does. It's just a different translation. NIV, right? Yeah, exactly. But it means the ESV is the closest to the Greek transcript, and it means word. Message, word, same thing. Yeah, 100%. You don't don't have a choice. So So listen to this. Think about this for a second. So faith comes from hearing. So he's saying, so your faith, what you... The way that you believe in Him, the perspective of giving everything to Jesus, faith, complete trust, dependence, reliance, and confidence in His ability. Guess where that comes from? Hearing. Isn't it funny? We wonder why sometimes we get shaken and we just, every time life gets hard or difficult, suddenly we're like up and down, up and down. And Are you hearing Him? Do you know His voice? Because if you don't know His voice, you probably find faith is pretty tough. But let's be real. How's this? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Let me explain what he's saying in the scripture. This is so cool. You become familiar with the whisper of God when you live in the word of God. Do you hear what I said? You become familiar with the whisper of God when you live in the word of God. How do I know that? This here 
is 110% his word, his voice. It never changes. It's always constant. It's always true. You are guaranteed to find the voice of God in this book. If you live in this thing, you become familiar with what he sounds like. So when he speaks to you separately to this book and speaks into your heart like a whisper, you're familiar with his voice because he's not schizophrenic or different. His voice is the same. But if you're getting a whisper in your heart that's different to who you know him to be in this book, we were. Something's wrong. So you become more familiar with the whisper of God when you live in his word. Because if you live in his word, you discover who he is, what he sounds like, his nature, his character, what he's like. If you don't know what he's like and then you hear a voice, how do you know it's him? Exactly, man. It's based on emotions. It's based on feelings. It's based on circumstances. And then you, you run with something and you don't actually know it's him because you're not familiar with his voice. Do you want to hear something amazing? So you can actually go to, I think it's 1 Kings chapter 9. Or was it 19? Let me check. It's 1 Kings chapter 19, sorry. 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 9. You guys ready for this? Yes, so ready. Woo! (laughs) Guys, like I said, you got to live in the Word, guys. Get there quicker, right? Okay. Verse 9, everyone there? Nearly. (laughs) Jordan's like, bro, just wait. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to start reading and you can catch up. Cool. So, this is now uh, Elijah, a whole lot of stuff's going on. Elijah flees from Jezebel, who's this crazy, weird demon lady. And, <laughs> and he's going to this cave because he needs to hear from God. He's, he's scared. She wants to kill him. He has no idea what the heck to do. And he's like, Lord, I need to hear from you. So, he wants to hear from God. He needs to hear the voice of God. So, what does he do? Goes to the secret place. Important thing to understand. So he goes to a cave, right? So let's read. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. I love how they say lodged in it. It's like he just kind of was hanging in it, right? (laughs) And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. Long story short, goes through, gets his commission from the Lord, gets the information that he needs. God tells him what to do and he can be obedient. Don't you find it interesting? Why does, why does the story have to tell you how the storm came past, ripped up the trees, ripped up the rocks? Wow, powerful, loud storm, thunder. God wasn't in it. Earthquake, shaking the ground, shaking the earth. God wasn't in it. Fire, crazy wildfire comes past. God wasn't in it. Suddenly a low whisper and God's in the whisper. Do you want to know what the definition of a whisper is? I just decided to look it up. How cool is this? To whisper is to speak softly using one's breath rather than one's throat. I don't know about you, but when I Googled that, I was like, oh, yes, this is radical. So God is in the whisper. See, we've always said, you know, the still small voice. It's not a small voice. It's a whisper. 
There's a difference between a small voice and a whisper. A whisper is breath. A small voice is weak. See, he's not weak. It's still, it's a whisper. It's calm. There's peace. But it's his breath. So every time God's speaking to you, he's breathing over you. Because it's his very breath that he breathed into us from the beginning when he made Adam and Eve. It's the voice of God that defines us. Oh, I don't think you got that. (laughs) Listen to what I'm saying. He forms Adam and Eve out of the ground and he breathes into them. (laughs) You didn't. You didn't get it. This is the thing. He forms Adam and he forms Eve and he breathes life into them. Their very existence was shaped by the breath of God. Which means every day when you wake up, your existence is shaped by the voice of God. What does it look like to live that way? What does it look like to live in an intimacy with God where every, every part of my being, everything that I do, my life is defined and shaped by the very whisper of God, by the voice and the breath of Him. Everything that He says makes me who I am. If He doesn't speak, I may as well not exist. That's how important hearing Him is. How do I have faith if I don't hear Him? When I was created for his voice. Isn't it funny that when Jesus comes back after he's been raised from the dead, he comes back and he's ministering to the disciples and he takes a deep breath and he breathes over them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's restoring back into man what they lost in the garden, the breath of God that defines them, the whisper of God. You could just take that and chew on that for the next six months. I'm serious. You could just camp out there and just say, God, If I could just understand that your voice, your breath, your whisper defines who I am. But there's no ways that I'm going to know your whisper, that I'm going to know your voice unless I'm living in the Word. So that was number two. So the second way that we hear God, once we've built foundations in our life where we live in this book, we live in this truth. From that place, you learn to hear the whisper of God because it becomes familiar because it sounds the same. The way that he speaks to you always sounds the same. The the expressions of his voice are always the same. You you will always know. Once you know him here, you will know his voice. If you don't know his voice when he speaks, it's probably because you don't know this. It's good, right? So good. This is the morning I was getting messed up studying this. I was like, Lord, I need to live in this book. (laughs) So second one, God speaks to us in the whisper. He speaks to, so I don't know how many of you have had that, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll get the audible voice of God. It's still the whisper of God. Sometimes you'll get, I, I always, I've always uh, desired to hear the audible voice of God until the day that he told me that the voice of God within me is the most experience, the, the most intimate experience that I can have. His voice inside of me, because we've become one, our spirits are joined, there's no separation. When his voice comes from inside of me, that's, that's what I was created for. That's the most intimate experience man can have. Adam and Eve didn't even have that. So when I understand that when he speaks to me from inside, it's like, whoa, Lord, that's, your Holy Spirit is no longer just with me externally, he's inside of me. He's speaking to me. His, his, that whisper is now coming from within. That's a powerful thing. And when I'm familiar with his voice, I'll hear that all the time because he's always leading and guiding. Because Jesus said that he's leaving the Holy Spirit with us because he's going to lead us into all truth. Jesus even said, there's, there's other things that I need to teach you, but I don't have the time, so I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to reveal those things to you. I think the reason why we haven't seen greater things on the earth, because Jesus said we'd do greater things than him, we're still trying to catch up with him. 
And I think the reason for that is because we don't know His voice. We don't know the Holy Spirit in a deep, intimate way, right? Okay. Then, number three, dreams and visions and angels. Now, the last couple ones I'm going to go through real quickly because they all are expressions from the Word and from His whisper, right? Dreams. When you're in your, your nighttime, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like over a third of your life is spent sleeping. Is that right, Max? A third of your life? So, so isn't this a yeah. Good guess, yes. So isn't it, isn't it interesting that like for most of us, we just kind of switch off in that time. It's like, you know, our, because our brain and everything kind of like shuts down, we just switch off. But your spirit doesn't go to sleep. See, God wants to actually be a part of your nighttime. I'm realizing like if I can give him my night, he wants to speak to me in dreams. He wants to come and actually show me things in, in the night, in, in dreams. He wants to reveal truths to me. He wants to reveal things about other people for me that, that, that I can go and reveal Jesus to them. He's going to show me the secrets of his heart in the night through dreams. He speaks to us through dreams. It's not just for some or for others or you're gifted, you've got the gift of dreaming. No, it's for every single one of us. When we, when we open ourselves up to that aspect of knowing him, he's not holding back. He's ready to give that to us. So I'd encourage you, like as you're growing in this, every time you go to bed, just put a piece of paper and a pen next to the bed when you fall asleep just as a declaration of faith. Put it there, and if you have a dream and you wake up and you feel like, whoa, I'm not sure if that was a pizza dream or if that was a Jesus dream, write it down. Put that, put that, dream, put that dream down and, and sit on that for a while and say, God, are you speaking to me through my dreams? What are you saying? Sometimes, the, sometimes things are symbolic. Sometimes he's revealing things, and, and, and I'm going to get to something at the end that's really important, but let me just keep moving. Visions, another one is so important. God can give you visions. See, there's different ways that God gives you visions. Sometimes you get an open vision. What do I mean by open vision? I mean your eyes are literally open and something is happening in the Spirit right in front of you. It happens. It's biblical. It's in the book. Go read it. It's, this is where guys are standing there and, and they just begin to see things and stuff. Uh, Revelations was written like this. <laughs> John is seeing like all of heaven unfold in front of him and he's just going, wow, just write this down. Like this is wild, right? Can you imagine that? So there's, there's open visions, but there's also seeing in the Spirit. So sometimes you'll, you might feel like uh, my eyes are open and I'm seeing Grant in front of me right now, but actually at the same time I'm seeing in the Spirit that he's got two massive angels standing next to him with massive flaming swords. They're actually re- they're commissioning and they're releasing uh, uh, you know, a new boldness over him. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and in the natural, I might not see them there, but in the Spirit, I know they're there. I can see them. There's, you hear what I'm saying? So there's visions in the Spirit. There's open visions. There's being translated in the Spirit. This is going to freak some people out. That God can actually take you in the Spirit to different places. Joshua Mills, he's a friend of the house, um, amazing guy, loves Jesus deeply. He's been translated in the Spirit to China where he ministered to people. He thought that he was really there. Ministered to people in China, then woke up or like came back into his body. And then a couple days after that, got an email from leaders in China that thanked him for his visit. And thanked him for coming to minister to them. I know this dude. He's not smoking crack. He's, not, he's, he's a legit guy who's in love with Jesus and God is doing crazy things. Did he go looking for that? No, Jesus decided to do that. So he wasn't going, please God, translate me to China. He's just loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And God goes, Woof, 
takes him somewhere else. Philip gets literally translocated from one place to another where he's talking to a dude, and he baptizes the guy, he's explaining something to him, woof, he disappears. So the guy's like, where did he go? And suddenly he finds himself in another city. It's in the book, go read it. I don't know about you, that would freak me out. I'd be like, if I just rocked up in another city, I'd be oh my goodness. Like, how? You know, that's just amazing. But there are things about God, there are things in the Spirit that we haven't even got to because we don't know Him. When we know Him, we get into a level of, of intimacy with Him, oneness with Him, where He can begin to use us in ways that we didn't even know were possible, right? Anyway, that's a side thing. So you get, you get open visions, you get seeing in the Spirit, um, and there's different, within those are other things as well. And, and my mom's going to do a prophetic course soon um, that everyone can come and just sit and listen to unpacking practical things like that. You know, we, if you are seeing visions and stuff, what do you do with that? Like, we're going to get into that. That's not for tonight. I just want to explain how God speaks to you, right? So that's, and then angels, that was the other one. Um, uh, someone said to me, I met with someone a couple of days ago and he said to me, man, why do we not see angels anymore? And I said, I think what you should ask is why do you not see angels anymore? Because we got friends who see angels all the time, all the time. And I'm not talking about in the spirit, I'm talking about like we see each other. And the reason why she sees those things is because, and this is, a, 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 um, she passes the church in Sydney Jubilee, it's actually Izzy, she's coming here next year, April. But the reason why she sees those things is because she has allowed herself to go to that realm and that level with the Lord. Her relationship has grown into that space where she's seeing in the Spirit because she's, she's consecrated herself to that. She lives for that. She, it's not for just her or just for some people. It's like, do you want it? It's yours. What are you going to open yourself up to? If you open yourself to those things that God has for you, if you allow yourself to go there, you can see those things. And, and it's amazing because it's in the book and, and, and He uses them to minister to us and to speak to us and as messengers. I mean, Mary and Joseph, like Gabriel rocked up in the room and they were terrified. That's why, I mean, I don't know about you, but we've read the story too many times. I mean, you know, we can quote it. He gets that, do not be afraid and whatever. No, he was saying, do not be afraid because they were trembling. Because an angel just rocked up in your room and you're like, what the heck is going on? I just want to like, you want to fall down, right? But they, they, God sends them and uses angels to minister to us, to speak to us as messages. Angels are, are, are doing things in the spirit realm with us that we do not even, we're not even aware of. Not because we're not allowed to be, but because we, we just haven't opened ourselves up to that. And we don't worship angels. We don't, that, that's not what we do at all. But they're, they partner with us. Because God's actually sending them to minister to us, to help us to achieve what God's called us to do in the Spirit. It's amazing. They're incredible. They're, they're amazing. And what's so amazing to me is that they don't get to have what we have. We were created in the image of Jesus. We look like Him. We get to have oneness with Him. They don't, they don't have that. But what they, what they get to do is partner with us and minister to us. They're, they're, they're agents of heaven. <laughs> That's a book, actually. Anyway, don't want to go on that too much. So, so dreams and visions and angels are all ways that God actually wants to speak to us. But we're still stuck on whether we've heard His whisper or not, that we never really get to that stuff. That's so why if we get those first two right, all the stuff begins to flow. So dreams, visions, and angels. Number four, people. God speaks to us through people. How many of you have ever had that prophetic word? Come and gives you a prophetic word, and it's like, whoa, that was like, you read my mail. That was just spot on. Like, you ticked all the boxes. That was incredible. God speaks to us through people. 
Sometimes he uses friends or family or, or your pastor or a prophet or whatever. They come in and they, God gives them something specific to you, and, it, and you, it, it's God speaking to you, and, and it's amazing, right? So that was the other one. Uh, number five, circumstances. And again, I'm going to wrap this up in the end, which is going to be vital, so just keep listening to what I'm saying. But circumstances, God speaks to us through circumstances. He teaches us through circumstances. Sometimes we are expecting something, we want something, and we're not ready for it. And so we go, why is it not happening? Whatever. And he's going, because well, I'm actually teaching you something. You're just not listening to me, and you keep going around the same mountain. So sometimes circumstances are speaking to us. Then the last one, creation. God's speaking to us through creation. One of the things I love, like, I don't know about you, and, and this happens to me every time I go to the sea, but every time I look at the sea, he talks to me about how faithful he is. Because that thing comes and comes and comes. Yeah, surely not another wave. Another wave. And another wave. <laughs> nah, surely not another wave. And another wave. And he goes, I'm faithful. I never stop coming. My love never stops coming. It's constantly washing over you. Nature is speaking of the faithfulness of God. Um, Izzy, the same lady who sees angels and stuff, one of the things I love is she would say like on a Monday when I remember Mondays would be like their day off because they, they flat out through the weekends and whatever. And she just wants to go sit in the garden and stare at green things, like greenery, just like trees and stuff, because God just ministers rest and peace to her through greenery, like trees and the forests, and the like, it just, it's, it touches her, it like ministers to her, and I'm like, wow, God's using nature to refresh her, to minister to her, to speak to her rest and, and peace, and isn't that amazing? I mean, I, I told you that time when I was walking and trying to hear from God or whatever, and all he said to me was how much he liked this specific tree. And I was kind of upset about that, going like, Lord, I, don't, I, think, I, I think I've smoked something dodge here because I don't know what's... And the reality is God was actually speaking to me through nature and going like, if you would learn to value and appreciate the things that I value and appreciate, you'd understand my heart. So he speaks to us through creation. So what I wanted to bring all of this together is this. When, when God is speaking to you and he's telling you something specific or he's leading you in something or guiding you, uh, my dad gave me an awesome illustration. He said it's like, a, it's like the lights on a runway. He says, when the plane, what, what God is saying and what he's speaking, when that thing's coming to land in your life, make sure that the lights of the runway light up. So he says, so for example, let's give a, a, a good example. Let's say someone comes up to me and gives me a word. And it's, it's a directional word. It's like, I feel like God's saying this over your life. I cannot just take that and make that God said. Because what happens when the circumstance doesn't say the same thing? When... I'm not finding it in the Word. When other people are saying to me, no, nah, I don't think that's God. Uh, when, you know, there's, there's no dreams, there's no visions, there's no angels. Things are not, the, the, the lights are not lighting up. Then what I've got to do is say, okay, if, if none of them are lighting up and this thing can't land, I've got to go back to that Word and actually just quiet, sit with that Word, put it on the shelf and say, okay, Jesus, when you want to unpack that, if that's you, you'll unpack it. But I'm not going to go down a journey unless this is confirmed because God's not schizophrenic. He doesn't say one thing through another and something else through another and, and something else to you. And it's like you have to try and piece this thing together. He's not like that. He's constant. He's faithful. He's the same, right? So now what's beautiful is when you think of that analogy of the runway lights lighting up, let's say God gives you a word. In fact, let's say he gives you a scripture, and the scripture jumps out. And as the scripture jumps out and touches you, suddenly the whisper of God's going, I've called you to do this, this, this. And you go, whoa, that's crazy. Now you sit with that. You don't tell anyone. You say, okay, Lord, 
I want to be obedient to this. Teach me. What are you saying? How do you want to do this? Suddenly someone else comes up to you and says, hey, man, I just felt God say bam, bam, bam. And that's exactly what you heard. And you're like, whoa, that's another light. Bing, 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 lighting up. Then suddenly two days after that, I have a dream. And in this dream, God confirms the same word. And he gives it, and oh, my word, that's lining up. And someone else says, hey, man, I had this vision. And God said this and this. What? Now everything's lining up. Then the circumstances change. Suddenly there's provision for that thing that God called you to do, or this happens, or it makes a way for you to do it. And can you see what I'm saying? Because God is speaking. But like things like circumstances, you can't take the circumstance and make it, if it's just through the circumstance that you think you're speaking, you make that the solid truth. Because what about the times when God told Isaiah in a time of drought to sow seeds? That was the total opposite of the circumstance. It was the wrong time to sow seeds, and God said, do it. So there's, God speaks to us through all these things, but if we don't have number one and two down right, if we're not living in the Word and we've built an understanding of who He is, and then when we, when we know Him, we know His whisper, if we don't have that foundation, we'll just get tossed to and fro with all the other stuff. But all that other stuff gets to confirm what He's doing in our hearts. He wants to speak to us through all these expressions. He doesn't want us to box Him. You know, When we box Him and we keep Him in the way that we think we know God, it can get really boring, and he gets bored. He does, man. He gets bored because he's like, there's so much more. It's like Paul when he's saying, I want, I can't, I have, I'm giving you milk. I want to give you meat, but I can't. You're not ready for it. You know, I'm like, I want to I grow in the things that God has for me. I want to learn to hear his voice. And so I just want to, I mean, this is a practical thing, and I hope that helps you to some extent. But I want to encourage you, step one, first thing to do in, in your in your journey with the Lord, is get in the Word. Get in there and, and find out what He's saying and, and, and who He is and His character and His nature and study it because if it's in there, it's for you. You've got to understand that. I used to read my Bible and go like, I'd read like numbers and be like, I'll just skip this book. Let's get to something that makes sense. Like, no. And then you, know, you want to know something funny? In the last little while, numbers has come alive to me because I'm reading that thing and I'm realizing that all the details and the things that He put in there are on purpose they all point to Jesus. They all are types and symbols. And, and like, it's, like, it's like pictures of what he's about to do. And he's, it's incredible. Suddenly you see the master plan of God from the very beginning. And in everything that he did, there were these little, little like hidden treasures of just revealing himself, revealing himself, showing you who he is, what he's doing. There's something better. And if you just pick little stories and take that and build a theology around that, you're going to find that you don't really know God and you get tossed to and fro. You've got to take this whole thing and just... And, and eat this thing. It's got to become like my dog did. You've got to eat it. You've just got to chew the thing. My dog destroyed my dad's Bible. Anyway. But he was just being obedient to the word. But you've got to, you've got to chew on this stuff. And that's what I want to encourage you with. Is like at, at the moment, I'm doing a study on 1 and 2 Timothy. And I'm literally just going verse by verse by verse. And it's so weird because I'm, I'm reading these two books. And I'm going like, he wrote this to me. Like word for word. As I'm unpacking this and studying, I'm going, oh my word. This is like he's whacking me. Like he's just, this is for me, this is for me. And that's how everyone should read the Bible is you read this thing and you go, wow, he's speaking to me. He's, he's touching me. He's shaping me. He's molding me. He, I'm learning to hear his voice. I'm becoming familiar with his character so that when he whispers to me, I know him because it's the same. Does this make you sense? And then I was going to get to something else, but I think that's, that's enough for tonight. But we're going to get to... Um, I've been doing a study on Luke chapter 4 and John 17 as well and how John 17 is like the last kind of major prayer that Jesus prays and it's powerful. I'd encourage you over this next week, go read that chapter, John 17. It is amazing 
just the heart of Jesus being revealed. And then uh, you go back and you say, how did, he, how did he live that? You go back to Luke chapter 4 and you find when he gets led into the wilderness and he gets tested and he crucifies self. He kills self in that moment. There's three things that he gets tested on. And what I want to teach on soon is that those three things are kind of like the epitome of self. It's like three things that kind of hit self from all the angles. Um, and he, it says in Luke chapter 4 that he comes out of the wilderness full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then suddenly he begins to do these things. And often what we do is we jump from getting saved to full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we want to do this stuff, but we miss dying to self. And so we miss the, that process of consecration and, and what, what that actually looks like. So we're going to unpack that. But I just thought tonight it was just something so simple that helps us and gives us a tool in terms of our day-to-day walks now with the Lord. Some of us have been walking with God for a long time. Some of us, this is brand new. And it's amazing that you come back to this and it's still relevant to every single one of us. It's like, actually, I just need to live in the Word and the whisper of God is going to become familiar to me. And from that place, all these other expressions of His voice are going to come alive. And I'm going to see God speak to me every day, lead me and guide me and show me things. And I get excited because He wants to use you for a whole lot more than just, you know, I want to have nice moments with you. He loves intimacy, but He's like, I've set you on fire to burn so the whole world can see. I want to send you into the deep, dark places, not just as someone that's been given a little tool, as someone who's been completely transformed, who has become a weapon of righteousness. That's what Romans 6 talks about. We become weapons of righteousness. It's like we get to give hell a bad day every day. We get to crush him under our feet. I love, um, we had a, a guy in the church, his brother-in-law was, I don't, know if, I don't know the full story, but he died. And I was really gutted because we prayed that God would raise him from the dead and all that, and, and it didn't happen, and I was really shattered about all that. And anyway, then I was chatting to Dave and Lisa from Botswana, and I, well, Rob's was chatting, and the thing she said just, um, struck me in my heart. She said, uh, something like, hell will pay for this. Like, for every one that he takes, we'll get 10 more. And I was like, come on, that's how we got to think. It's like, I'm, plan A for me is raise him from the dead. Okay, that wasn't what God was doing right now. He wasn't, that, that's not what he was trying to say or do. So what are we going to do? You, the devil wants to take one too early. We're going to go and get 10. I'm going to find the deepest, darkest places. I'm going to take 10. And that's how we got to think. That's how we win. But I can't do any of that if I don't have intimacy with him, if I don't know his voice. And so I just felt like tonight he wanted to just reassure you that he is speaking to you and that he wants to speak to you, that he wants to lead you and guide you and show you things. And as you live in the word and as you unpack this and and, and say, God, teach me your character, teach me your nature, the whisper of God, the breath of God, the voice of God that, that is inside of you is going to become so familiar that you know it's him speaking and then all the confirmations and things light up and the runway lights up and God can, can move. That's why community is so important. Seriously, community is important because we weren't designed to do it on our own. If he didn't want to do it on his own, why would he want us to do it on our own? He wants us to do it together. So that's fun. That's awesome. It's really beautiful. So I felt like tonight God wanted to just touch us. He just wanted the, just a fresh, not even like an infilling or an outpouring or anything, like just a fresh kiss, just a fresh, kiss is the best word because it's just intimate, but just a fresh, like he just wants to love you, man. He just wants to, he wants to touch you with the Holy Spirit so that you realize that you were born for this. He wants to reveal himself to you and go, actually, I'm speaking to you. I love you. I just felt you wanted to do that tonight. So I wanted to go, go after that and just do some ministry and pray and see what he wants to do, if that's okay with you guys. Um, was that helpful? That's okay.